change. Ooh, amen. <sighs> she expects me to get up after that. <clears throat> My nose stopped up. <clears throat> amen. Well, we're family. And Moses said, God told Moses that where he was at was holy ground to take his shoes off. So I'm declaring this is holy ground this morning. Amen. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Oh, and now I feel really short. Good morning. <laughs> I'm good. You don't mind me barefooted, do you? Amen. God is good this morning. Amen. I'm so honored and I'm so privileged that Father God um, has placed a vision here at CCAM. For those of you that, that have been along with us through this journey, God never told us to go and uh, establish a church. What he told us was he said, go create a world outreach center, a world outreach center. And that is, has been our heart since day one. It's been on my heart since I was a young girl. And um, the privilege and the honor it is to to facilitate missionaries, to facilitate and and allow these individuals that have, some of them have never got on a plane before and they're gonna go a lot of hours into a lot of places and go and do some incredible things. And so thank you for your prayers. Thank you that you are extending your faith toward us. Izzy's passport has not come in yet. And so by faith, we are declaring that when I walk to that mailbox and I open it up, that that passport is going to come through. Emily's came in day before yesterday, I believe, like cutting it down to the wire. And so just extend your faith to me that that uh, with us, that that passport's coming. Amen. So uh, I have a lot that I wanted to unpack this morning, and I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit will continue to to flow in this place. It's a, it's it's uh, I just love how faithful and how good God is because um, I, the Lord told me He wanted me to preach on the anointing this morning, <laughs> and uh, man, I prayed as I was preparing uh, for this. I said, Lord, just let that anointing begin to fill the house during worship. Let the anointing begin to flow in our war room during prayer time. Let the anointing, Father God, begin to minister so that when we are here, that it's not just us here, but it is the anointing, which is the anointing, which is breaks yoke of bondage. It's the anointing that makes the change. Amen. So my prayer this morning is that anointing will be on the word. It will be on uh, each and every one of you and uh, that we're just going to have a good time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So let's pray just real quick. So Father, right now, I thank you for the anointed and appointed word of God. Father, I thank you, Jesus, for everything you have done, for everything that you're doing. Father, I thank you for every person that is here this morning. I thank you those that are joining us, Father, through the live feed. Father, I just declare right now, Lord, that the word is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And, Father, that it is falling right now, Father God, as I begin to release that word. Father, it is cutting through the enemy's deception. It's cutting through the enemy's lies. It's cutting through the doubt. It's cutting through the pain. It is cutting through every single part of it. And it is pinpoint. And it is precision. And it goes to the heart, Father, of the matter. So, Father, I thank you that as the word is released this morning, Father God, that it falls on good ground. So if you would, put your hand on your chest and say, this is good ground. The word finds me. The word sustains me. The enemy will not steal it. And it will produce a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. So we done took care of business on that, right? All right. So the anointing is here this morning. Um, 
When we begin to talk about the anointing, when we begin to talk about the anointing, I think it has to start with the one who is called the anointed one, who is Jesus. The word of God says that Jesus is the anointed one. He is the one who has been, who is our king. He is our savior. He is our, our deliverer. He is our healer. He is our hope. He is our glory. He is our joy. Come on. He's our restoration. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the anointed one. And then there's this amazing part of the Trinity that's called the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes the anointing, the power that's in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that begins to get all over us. That actually it means anointing actually means to, to uh, rub and to smear all over. And I love to have the Holy Spirit rub and smear it all over me amen to just have it pour out to me and to begin to pour out as oil pour out as water as a refreshing as an equipping as a as a thing that is so tangible that is so so amazing that i honestly cannot put it in words for you this morning and for those of you that know what i'm talking about you understand exactly what it is you can't describe the anointing you can't you can't box the anointing. You can't put it in a bottle and tell somebody to drink the anointing, right? I can remember my first encounter with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Jesus, the Holy One, the anointed one. And I was about seven years old and I was in church at Calvary Baptist Church in Cullen. And uh, the night before we had started a revival at our church and there was an evangelist that came and my parents hosted him for lunch after church that's what we would do you know they would have revival and people would take turns feeding the evangelist and so he came and he sat at our table and we fed him and after the service I remember vividly that we were sitting in the living room and he just began to have a conversation with this little seven-year-old girl I just love it when adults take time to understand the power of a conversation with a child understands that that child has a destiny and that child has a future and that child has a, a plan for their life. And as a, as a minister, as a, an evangelist, as a teacher, as a, as a kind and gracious human being, that he took that moment to sit down with me and he began to talk to me about Jesus. And I can remember one thing that he told me. He always said that just stuck into my mind and has, has radiated inside of me my entire life. He said, all it takes, Ginger, is just one step. If you take the first step, he takes the rest. And I remember the night, bef the, the, the following night, when I felt the anointing, I felt Jesus, the anointing one, drawing me, issuing me an invitation. And if you've ever had Jesus call to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's an invitation. It's this drawing. And I could just remember this little girl sitting there and saying, I want... I want what he was talking about. And I remember him saying that all it took was one step. And as I'm sitting there and they offered the, the invitation, if anyone wanted to come and, and accept Jesus, I remember taking my little, my little shoes and my little dress. I probably had on because my mama wouldn't let me wear, wear pants to church. So I had this little dress on in honor of her today. And I took that first step. And I can remember what it felt like. I remember what it felt like as I took that first step and I walked down the aisle of the church and I was crying and I felt the anointing of the anointed one and I asked him to come into my heart and I asked him to be the Lord of my life. And it began a journey of learning to recognize what that anointing meant 
And then when I was 15 years old at this living room at a friend's family house, there was a young evangelist by the name of Jeff Springs who is pastoring now in Spring Hill. He was a young 19-year-old evangelist, and he was having a little meeting with the youth. And I remember him saying, hey, listen, if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he said, come. He said, come down. He said, and come stand right here, and we're going to pray that the anointing would fall and that the anointing would fill you and that you would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I felt that same anointing. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, that pull. And I remember standing there and asking the Holy Spirit to fill me, and my life took a, a turn at that moment that has been has been the empowerment of who I am and what I do and how I have lived my life. I also remember when I was about 17 years old in a service and there was another minister that was there and he called me out of a crowd and he came up and he put his hands upon me and he said, the Lord has called you. He has called you into missions. He has called you into the prophetic. He has called you into ministry. He has called you into the more. And as he put his hands upon me, the anointing was so powerful, it was so strong that I just went out. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I went out and I laid there and the Lord just began to pour out his presence upon me. And he began to tell me things that to this day, things that are being manifested daily in my life over the, la over the next 40 years. It's crazy. And I remember two men, two elders of the church came to help me. And they one got on one arm and one got on the other and they tried to pick me up. And two grown men could not pick me up off that floor. They said, we can't. I wouldn't budge. I wouldn't move. And I laid there for I don't even know how long before I was able to finally get myself up. And then I remember many years later that anointing that came when I was at, at this Discovery Camp in Columbus, Texas, where our, our, our children are going to camp. And it was the moment that, that, that I got ordained into full-time ministry. And my pastor, Dr. Rob, was there. And my nephew, Philip Baker, an evangelist. And Paul was there. And we were so busy. And we were out on the sidewalk. And Dr. Rob said, I've got to go. Let's do it right here. And I'm like, okay, let's just go for it. And I remember standing out in public with everybody walking. Dr. Rob putting his hands on me, ordaining me, and, and empowering me with the anointing to carry the gospel. And once again, what do you think Ginger did? Boom. Onto the concrete. Laid out in front of God and everybody. Felt like an elephant. The best way I described it was an elephant sitting on my chest. It was the anointing of God. And if you felt it, if you've experienced it, if you've had a touch with it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The anointing of God. Smeared and rubbed all over you. Amen? Smeared. I love that word. Smeared all over me. The Holy Ghost empowers and he equips. It makes you different. The anointing makes you different. I've had people tell me, and I know you've met people, and you meet them, and you just begin to, you know, it, I might just meet you somewhere at somehow or another, and we begin to have this conversation. And as the conversation continues, all of a sudden, the Jesus anointed one that's in her reacts to the Jesus, the anointed one in me, and you all of us automatically know that there's something different. You know there's difference about somebody when they pray with authority, when they pray with that anointing, when they pray with power. Come on. It's different. The anointing makes you different. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus, that I'm different, that I am peculiar, that I am not like this world, amen? That I don't have to walk around being blinded by the circumstances of my life, that I can have a vision outside of that because the anointing breaks that yoke of bondage off of me, amen? And when you get a stronger anointing, it makes you even more different. The anointing of God on your life gives you radical favor. Unbelievable favor. Unbelievable favor. Where you get called out and you get brought to the front. That you put your hand to something and all of a sudden that favor of God begins to make it happen. It gives you radical favor. And the amazing thing about the anointing of God is that it's a free gift. It doesn't, it, it's free. He gives it to you freely. But it costs you something. And I know you're saying, how in the world can something be free and cost you something? Well, let me explain it to you. The gifting of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it is a free gift. It is given because Jesus paid the sacrifice. He gave it all, right? He gave everything. He gave his life, and he gave it. He gave you access to it. It is a free gift, but it costs you something. It costs you something. Let's look at my scripture real quick, 1 John 2.20. This is out of the Passion. Let's look at 1 John 2.20. It says, but the Holy One, we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about Father, the three in one, the Holy One has anointed you, and now you know all the truth. The Anointed One has, the Holy One has anointed you, and you know all the truth. Now go to 27 for me real quick. 1 John 2, 27. But the wonderful anointing you have received from God is so much greater than their deception and now lives in you. There's no need for anyone to keep teaching you because his anointing teaches you all of that. The anointing of God is given and, it, and, it's, and it's free and it's available for you. It's available for you to take ownership of. It is available for you to, to embrace. It is available for you to be able to rub and to smear all over you. To rub and smear all over your marriage. To rub and smear all over your children. To rub and smear all over your finances. Amen? It's available to you. It's available. <clears throat> How many of you got to see the HGTV kickstart last Sunday night? Woohoo! I watched that. We were at Jody's and we were watching the, the, the hometown kickstart. And as I was watching it, I, 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 I started saying, you know, we know how incredible our city is. We know how incredible Jody is. We know how incredible, um, you know, what we're, what we're attempting to do here. And I just love how Father God just takes and he just shines a spotlight on it. But the amazing thing is that why do you think that they waited to have the Minden episode be the finale? Why do you think they chose Jody to be in People Magazine? Do you think it's just because, yeah, just, just because she can cook something good? There's plenty of chefs out there that can cook some good stuff, right? It's, her food is anointed, yeah. <laughs> that jacked up chicken sandwich is anointed. <laughs> but why? Why is it that when the people came, Jody, and they walked into the restaurant and they left and they said, there's something different about this place. When the lady was, was, was texting her and saying, I don't know what, but I've just cried and I've cried. You know, and God's just, God changed me while I, I spent these six weeks. Why do you think that is? I mean, come on, Jody and Devin are awesome. I think you're great. Generation House Girls, y'all are awesome. You're great. You're wonderful. What was the difference? It's the anointing. It's the anointing because Jody knows that she has anointed that go fresh to not only serve good food, as her mural says, but it's about people. 
It's about people. It's about the anointing of God that is placed upon that couple, that she's empowering to the girls that work there, to the people that come in, that the people that came in from HGTV. It's the anointing that changes everything. It's the anointing that changes everything. There was this woman that the, the Word of God begins to talk about in Mark 14, verse 3. Um, there was a woman that came to Jesus, and he was at the home of Simon the leopard. He was in Bethany, and it says he was reclining at a table, and there was this woman that came into the house. So I want you to just imagine, Jesus is, is, is uh, reclining. I kind of like that. He was just kind of like chill. You know, he's just kind of laid back, and uh, he was at this home, and all of a sudden, this woman enters his home, enters this house, and you have to understand, in those days, women really were, were, were better to have, have be there but not be seen. But this bold woman walks herself down, and she carries this jar of oil this alabaster flask is what it says it was filled with oil and she goes to jesus and it says the highest quality of a fragrant and expensive oil so she walked right up to jesus come on thank you jesus for some bold anointed women that will rock walk right into a room and take authority over it amen so she walks up right to jesus with a gesture a gesture a gesture 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 of extreme devotion and what did she say that they she did to the flask what did she do she broke it and then she poured the precious oil over his head you see she had this gift for him it said it was an expensive gift it was most expensive. In fact, that once she did it that the, 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 the people were looking and said why did she just waste that she took that expensive oil and she just wasted it on this man. She could have taken that oil and she could have sold it for money and given it to the poor, right? She took that flask and she broke it with extreme devotion, it said. And she poured that oil upon his head. Look, you have been given a free gift. It is yours and it's expensive. It was bought with a price. Amen. It was bought. Don't ever think that the gift of salvation, even though it was free, that it didn't cost something because it cost everything. It costs everything to the one who paid the price for it all, for each and every one of us. It is expensive. But she could have held on to that gift, right? And that gift that she had, this precious oil, would not have done any good for anybody if she'd have held on to it. So she had to take and she had to break that flash. She had to break that jar for it to be productive. I hope you, you hear where I'm coming from on this. You have to break the vessel for the oil of the anointing to flow freely. What good is it if I have all this anointing in my life and I don't share it with you? What if I don't, if I don't, if I'm not willing to extend the anointing that I have on you? What if you hold on to your anointing? You hold on to that free gift. But you're not willing to break it. You're not willing to pay the cost. You're not willing to take the crushing, the breaking, to allow that anointing to flow into your life. There's all kinds of things that hinder us, that keep us from, from allowing that anointing of God to flow in our life. There's rebellion. Come on. There's stubbornness. There's pride. There's sin. There's all kinds of things that hinders us because we don't want the crushing. The, you know how you get new wine out of grapes? What do you have to do with new wine and grapes? You have to crush those grapes. Those grapes have to be crushed to bring out the pure and the, the, the wine that comes out of it. Amen? 
in the crushing is where we find the anointing. I'm going to say it again. Because, you know, it ain't popular. Nobody wants to talk about being crushed, do they? Oh, I don't like that. Oh, that don't feel good. That hurts. I don't want that. I don't want to let go of all that. But in the crushing, in the breaking, is where the anointing begins to flow. And let me tell you where that anointing lies in. I'm going to give you a word that the Lord gave me. <clears throat> gave me a revelation of the word. Because you can, you can, uh, you can know something. But when you have a revelation of something, it's kind of like energized. Do you know what I mean? It's like on steroids. You might know something, but when you got a revelation of it, it's, it's supersonic, right? The Lord gave me that supersonic revelation of a word called obedience. And in obedience, which is not a fun, which is not a fun thing that most pastors or anybody really wants to talk about, obedience is where you will find the crushing of that anointing. I'm going to talk about Stephen for just a minute. How many of you would agree with me that Stephen is gifted? Yeah? You see, I recognized that gifting in him when he was about nine years old. Because he could sing. See, there's a gifting. If you can sing, there's a gifting, right? And so I recognized that gifting in him. But he didn't just sit on that gifting. He began to work that gifting. He began to work that gifting. In other words, he started singing. He learned how to play the guitar. He learned music. Um, he attempted to write his first song. And he told me, he said, hey, I, I wrote a song. I want you to listen to it. And he wrote, and I, I listened to that first song. It was kind of rough, but it was good. It came out of his heart. He's a very gifted person. Very gifted. There have been times when We've had Stephen up there, and he's singing, and he's singing out of his gifting. Singing out of his gifting. And it's wonderful. But can I tell you what happened to Stephen? Stephen realized that there was something that was hindering that anointing from flowing. Is that, is that accurate? I don't want to speak for you. I'm just speaking, you know. <laughs> that there was something in that anointing that needed to flow. So now, in the crushing, in the inner healings, in the time on his face, in the time in prayer, in the time in word, come on, in the time of spin, in the presence of God, all of a sudden, when Stephen gets up there, you don't pay attention to the gifting, do you? It's the anointing that comes out of him. It's the anointing. How many of you have heard that song, His Name is Jesus, that's on his album? I can't listen to it without crying. Because do you know why? I don't listen to the gift anymore. What I'm listening to is I'm listening to the anointed vessel that is singing it. There's lots of people that are gifted. I remember it on, on American Idol that Jennifer Lopez, when she did American Idol, one of the things she would sit there when people would get up to sing and she'd go, ooh, I got goosies. <laughs> the goosies. Everybody, anybody heard anybody sing? They're so gifted when they sing. All of a sudden, they just get the goosies. I'm just like, ooh, my gosh, the way they hit that note. You see, there's tons of people who are gifted. Tons of people who are gifted. But a lot of times we want to take the gifting and kind of attach that to anointing. They want to take that and attach that to anointing. I remember listening to Irene Baker 
who was a missionary to Papua New Guinea, and she was in the church, and she got up. This little, this little tiny lady, she got up at a keyboard, and she started playing this keyboard, and she started singing, and the first thing I thought of was, oh, bless her heart, she can't sing. Oh, bless her heart, that's, that's just rough. That's just rough. And as she began to play, all of a sudden, something shifted in the room. And before I knew it, I was just weeping because she released the anointing in her voice. And it had nothing to do with how perfect pitch that she was or how high a note that she hit or how low a note that she went. It was the anointing. It was the anointing that began to release out of her. The anointing. And look, there are lots of anointings in this world. There's a lot of anointings. Anointing is just basically your equipment that enables you to do what you need to do. There's all kinds of anointings that are out there. One of the things that I pray continuously is that I pray that Father God would give me the anointing to be a good parent. There's a, a, an anointing for you to be a great parent. So I'm going to ask all my parents, if you would, moms and dads, stand up. Come on, let's stand up. If you're a mom and a dad, let's stand our feet. How many of you know that raising children is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life? Come on. There's joy and pain in the same heartbeat, right? So you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life to help you be a good parent. You need the anointing to help you have wisdom and how to handle their situations. You need, you need the anointing of temperance, the anointing of God to, to wake you up and to say, hey, I need to go check on my child. I need to go check their phone. I need to, I need to, 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 to have insight into this, part, this new person that's come into their life. I need to know what their motivations are. You need that anointing. So I'm going to pray this morning as I pray every single day that Father God would give us the anointing. So let's just lift our our hands out or put your hands out or put your hands in your pocket, cross your arms, whatever. Let's just receive it. So Father, right now, I thank you for these moms and these dads, Father, that need the anointing of God on their life, Father, to raise up a next generation of mighty men and women, Father God, that will go forth and do the will of the Father to build up, Father, kingdom warriors. Father, I pray that you give them wisdom, Father, beyond their understanding, that you give them the capacity, Father God, to love through the mess, Father, to love through the dirty diapers, to love through the high fever, to love through the toddler years, to the to the back talking years, Father, that you would give them the anointing, Father God, to be the best mom, to be the best dad to the children that you have given them. So we receive that anointing, and everybody that wants to receive it, say amen. Amen. You may be seated. There's also anointing for for <laughs> your spouse. Come on. How many of you need to be anointed if you're married? Look at him. He's like... <laughs> Father God, anoint me that I don't kill him, that I don't smother him, that I don't shank him with a dull steak knife. If he gives me one more bill of something he bought for golf, help me, Jesus. <laughs> right? And I'm sure you men are the same way. Give me the anointing, Father God, to, to help when I see three trips to Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> In the same day, there's an anointing. Come on. There's an anointing. Say, hey, Father God, give me that anointing to be the best wife that I can be, to be the best husband that I can be, that I can love her as Christ loved the church, that I can, can submit and I can give and I can honor the, the king that's there and not the fool that I'm looking at across from the table. Amen. 
there's an anointing. I don't want to go through it. This week, uh, I, this week, <laughs> I just share all my business up here, don't I? Okay, so <clears throat> most of you knew Paul flew out on Tuesday. Wednesday afternoon, we got delivered a new bed because my husband is a snoreholic. <laughs> he snores. He can't help it. God, God love him. <clears throat> but he shakes rafters. I'm not kidding you. The pillar shook. I remember one time we were down. <laughs> he's not here, so I can tell him. Hopefully, if you're watching, baby, I love you. Um, he's asleep right now. We were. He was. He was upstairs. We were downstairs in that. I don't remember who was there. We were. They were going. What is that noise? I went. Yeah, I'm upstairs. I mean, it was so loud. It just shakes. So we got a new bed. That's going to kind of adjust, you know, and, and supposed to help. So the, the the two gentlemen come in and they're and we're and you know me. I just talk to everybody. I can't help it. It's 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 just who I am. In that right, Tammy. I just talk to everybody. And so I'm talking to them. I find out their whole life story. And you know, one's fixing to get married and. She's, she's older than him, and they met here, and they all this. And so he asked me, he said, when he found out how long Paul and I were married, he said, what's your secret? Like, what's the secret to, that, to, a, to, a, to a marriage that long? And I said, oh, it's so easy. One word. It's called Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus. I said, because if I can see the Jesus in him, then I can love him through the flesh that he lives in. Right? <laughs> so I... I know there's an anointing to love your spouse. And I pray every day that God gives me that anointing. Pray that I get that anointing. Amen? Haley, pray that anointing for CJ. CJ's perfect. You know, we all just know he's just perfect, right? <laughs> right now he is. Check back with me in six months. Just kidding. I taught for a long time, retired out of the classroom. My friend Tammy's here this morning. We talked together. Last week, she walked out of on her with her retirement papers. And I know because she and I talked together, there was a lot of times we had to hold hands and pray for anointing to do our job, right? I mean, I took my job seriously. I taught, I taught babies. I taught kindergartners. If you get careful, they'll they'll wrap you up in a corner and put you in the closet. They won't you won't be found for several days. <laughs> and I would need anointing. I would pray every classroom. I mean, every year, I would pray for that anointing in my classroom. I would pray that when my children would come in that first day, that the peace of God resided in my classroom. And I worked extremely hard to not be a a yelling teacher, right? But I needed anointing in that because them little darlings made me want to scream and kick them at the same time. <laughs> so I needed an anointing. So I would pray, Father, give me that anointing. You know, Pastor Angel has to work with them teenagers. I know she gets up and she says, Father God, this is test week. You got to give me some anointing. Give me the anointing that I need to do what I've got to do. Right? I talked earlier about HGTV. We have Miss Jody. You know, us business. Your business owners. If you have a business in here, you better be praying for a business anointing. Praying for that business, whether you own it or whether you work for it. Pray for the anointing of God on that business. Pray for the anointing on the finances. Pray for the anointing that the, for service that you provide, that it belongs to God, and that you're going to provide an anointing, Father God, for me to be the best business owner, to be a wise business owner. 
to be a to be a, a thoughtful business owner to my employees and to the, the, the customers. Come on. You understand what I'm saying? There's an anointing that has to happen with the Joe LeBron Food Pantry. There's an anointing that Jess and Marbley have to pray out and have to realize that once they have tried their very best to do it and they're frustrated and they're doing, that there has to step back. And there's a little plaque that I gave her that said, you got this, God. So when that comes to that place that you can step back from it and say it's, it's the anointing. And we have watched the anointing fill the baskets. We have watched the anointing begin to draw and to begin to, to, to provide for the provision of that vision that God's given. There's all kinds of anointings that are there. I want to talk about one of the most famous anointed kings, and his name was King David. Amen? Like I said, I had a lot to unpack. I'm fixing to finish it up, wrap it up, put a bow on it, and I'm going to get you out of here. So Jesus, I mean, uh, the Father anointed Saul to be the king of Israel, right? He anointed him with what? He poured what over his head? He poured the oil over his head, and he anointed Saul to be king. And with the anointing comes a great responsibility. And Saul didn't take the responsibility so much so that God put his hands off of the king and left him for a reprobate mind. And basically what happened, Saul just went crazy because the presence of God left him. So God raised up another king. His name was David. He was a young king and he poured the anointing. Samuel found him. You remember the story? He wasn't even with. The, the father didn't even think enough of him to have him before the prophet. And after the prophet looked at all the sons, he said, do you got one more? Yeah, we just got David back there in the field. He's just taking care of the sheep. You don't, he probably not, it's probably not who you want to see. And Samuel said, go get him. So they ran and they got David, the least likely, brought him before Samuel. And he anointed him to be king. Mm. So here David is. He's the anointed king, but he's still serving under an anointed king. And as Saul goes crazy, he does his very best to try to kill David. He took spear after spear after spear and he threw them at David. And they would land at David's feet and he, David had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to pick up that spear and to throw the spear back at Saul. Do you know David never threw a spear? Do you know why he never threw a spear? Because David said, I will not touch God's anointed. He understood the power of of the anointing. And because he understood the power of the anointing through his obedience, right, to not throw a spear, from his obedience to follow what the Father says, not what his flesh said, to follow what the whole but what God was pouring out to him instead of what all of his army was saying, you gotta go kill him. Look, he's right there, go kill him, go kill him. But he listened to the voice of the Father and he understood the power of the anointing and he said, I will not touch God's anointing. Some of us need to lay down some of our spears if we want the anointing of God in our life. Some of us need to lay it down. We need to lay those spears down. Look, the Word of God tells us that we will suffer for His namesake. There's people that's not going to like you. There's not people that are not going to understand how you would choose to do it God's way and not the world's way. There are people that will lie about you. There are people that will, will, will create falsehoods, that will create um, enemies for the kingdom. <laughs> and our natural instinct, when someone does something to us, what's our natural instinct? 
to turn around and do it back to them. You throw a spear at me, I'll come with a machete. I got you. <laughs> but what happens when we begin to do that? When what happens when we begin to do that? We put a price on our anointing. We begin to quench. We begin to 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 stall the anointing of God that's in our life. Look at Luke four eighteen, please. We're going to finish up there in just one second. Are y'all with me? Woo! They don't have shoes on, so I can do that. Woo! Luke 4, verse 18. Let me give you the, the little, uh, right before that, somebody preached about that. Somebody preached this. I don't know if it's Paul or Greg. When Jesus goes into the temple and he opens up the scrolls and he begins to quote out of Isaiah that the Lord has upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted there we go to proclaim liberty to the captives the recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those that are oppressed the anointed one does this go back to the go back to that first part again for the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to set the captives free recovery of the sight to blind to set at liberty those that are oppressed and he closed the book and he said, this day the scriptures are fulfilled in your eyes. And of course they all went crazy and they, and they said Jesus just walked out amongst them. This is what the anointing does. He gave us, the Father gave us the anointed one in Jesus. And as we receive that anointing, this becomes who we are. This is what the anointing is for. The anointing is not just for you to feel good. The anointing is not for you to have gooseys. The anointing is not for just favor upon your life. This is what the anointing is for because the anointed one is in you. Therefore, now all of a sudden, this becomes your cry. Because you see, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. It's upon you. Because he's anointed you. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent you to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent you to recover the sight to those that are blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. What is the anointing for? That's what the anointing is for. That's what the anointing is for in your life. Let me say it one more time. That's what the anointing is for in your life. And there are so many different anointings of every situation and everything that you have all falls within the one who sets the captives free, who heals, who delivers, who is, who is just a broken vessel. Do you hear me? Just a broken and a willing vessel that is willing to allow that vessel to be crushed and to be able to be in a vessel that that anointing can flow through and that anointing can touch those that need a touch from the Lord, that that anointing can come and it can be transferable to someone who needs healing, that someone that needs deliverance, that someone that needs to be restored for someone that needs some joy in their life, to be a willing vessel. I don't, wanna, I don't want to hinder the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to, I don't want that. You want to know one of the things that's the hardest thing about ministry? I'm going to give you the hardest thing that, that I have 
have uh, have have had countless countless conversations with the Father. It's the anointing that's on my life. I don't want to taint any of the anointing that's in my life because somebody needs what I have. I've thought an awful lot. I mean, I've been married to Paul for a long time. And for those of you that have been married for a long time, you know marriage is hard. And most people walk through their marriage, you know, just knowing that their marriage affects their children or their grandchildren, right? It just kind of affects their, uh, um, you know, maybe their circle of friendships. But I've always looked at it as that my marriage doesn't just affect my children and now my grandchildren. If something happened to my marriage and our, the anointing that God has placed on Paul and I, if something happened and it tainted that, what impact would it have on young couples that we counsel? Do you know what I mean? That we have walked through. When I sit back and I look at ministers who have fallen into sexual immorality, who have fallen into, into to false doctrine, it breaks my heart because they've tainted the anointing. They've tainted the anointing of God that's upon their life. And the same goes with you. Because God has anointed you. He has anointed you to preach the gospel. He has anointed you to set the captives free. And so in that anointing, please don't be a vessel that holds that anointing so tight and not be willing to go through the process, to not be willing to, to, to allow the Father God to begin to crush those things inside of you, those disobedience, those rebellion, that, that sin, that thing you won't give up, that thing that you just will not let go of. Because all you're doing is that you are hindering what God is wanting to do through you in this earth. And someone is right there on the other side of your anointing. Somebody's right there on the other side of your anointing. And because of your obedience, because your willingness to break that and to begin to pour that out, then that person right there may get to go to heaven. That person right there will spend an eternity in heaven. That that person right there would be able to see the Father God and would be able to see Him in flesh because of you. He is the representation. Come on, let's stand our feet. Let's stand our feet. I told you I was... I, was, I had a lot to unpack.